This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Let it not be the words of man, but let's hear from the throne of grace today. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Jehovah. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. Amen. Amen. So today, I want to talk about something I have simply titled, When Nothing Makes Sense. When Nothing Makes Sense. You know, every, every Thanksgiving, and around Christmas, you, you, you're going to see this too. Every Thanksgiving, you read on social media and different platforms, you're going to see people talking about the origins of, say, Thanksgiving, for example. They say Thanksgiving should not be a time of celebration. It really should be a time of mourning uh, because it was a time that the Native Americans were slaughtered and they were doing Thanksgiving over that. The truth of the matter is the scripture without reservation tells us a lot about Thanksgiving. You know, so some people may be celebrating uh, Thanksgiving for one reason or another, but we know clearly why we are celebrating Thanksgiving. For example, in Psalm 92 verse 1, Psalm 92 verse 1, the Bible says it is good to give thanks to the Lord. Amen. To sing praises to the Most High. Psalm 105 verse 1 says, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole earth know what he has done. Amen. So when we give thanks, we're telling of the goodness, the kindness, you know, of God in our lives. And we're celebrating that. Psalm 107 verse 1 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. God is good. How many people will agree with me that God is good? God is a good God. And that is the truth. God is good. He says, give thanks for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Even when I'm going through a very difficult situation, if you can just stop to think how he helped you five years ago or how he helped you ten years ago, because you have been through many times and he has been there for you. So God is good. And his faithfulness, his mercy endures forever. But there are times you will agree with me. There are times that things are so difficult and it's difficult, if not nearly impossible, to give thanks. Amen? Because nothing is making sense. Even God at that point is not making sense to you anymore. There's a story uh, that I read about many years ago maybe not that many. This happened, I think, around 2007 or so. There was a service member who had been to Iraq on tours like five different times. Well, he's been on tour in Iraq during the war several times, but five different times he had been in uh, roadside bombing situations. The fifth time, it was really very bad. He had brain tra trauma. You know, so he was just there in the hospital. While he was in the hospital, 
his last born, he had three children, his last born was also on life support machine in a hospital somewhere else. But eventually she came off the life support and the whole family, they were going to the hospital to visit with this man. As they were going to the hospital, on their way to the hospital, they had an accident. All three children died. How do you tell such a man to give thanks? So there are times, there are situations in our lives that you, you, you just don't know where to begin to say give thanks. There's a story I'm sure many of us are familiar with because we've had many sermons preached around this. And that's the story of Job. And the story of Job is very apt for what we're talking about today. Remember, we're talking about when nothing makes sense. In that situation, I can guarantee you nothing made sense to that man's wife. The man in the hospital himself, nothing was making sense to him. Amen? Because that is tragedy beyond explanation. Amen? But God still remains God. Amen? God still remains God. In Job, you know, there are some people that believe when such tragedy happens to you, they say, what did you do? How did you anger God? You must have sinned. Is a conclusion that many people will come to. That are you the only one? Why is your life so difficult and miserable? Well, the story of Job kind of debunks that philosophy. It is not to say that sin cannot cause you problem. It definitely will cause you problem. But the fact that you are going through or things are not working out for you is not because you have sinned. Amen? It's not always because you have sinned, rather. You know, as we see in the life of Job, is impossible, impossible. Somebody say impossible. It's impossible to argue that Job was suffering because he sinned. Because when the scripture opens up in Job chapter 1, the first verse, it said there was a man named Job who lived in the land of Oz. He was, number one, blameless. How many blameless people do we have in the house this morning? Well, by the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. It says this man was blameless. A man of complete integrity. One of the things that is missing in the world today is integrity. Many people don't have integrity. You can't take their word for it. Amen? When they tell you something, you have to fact check, you have to double check, you have to triple check to make sure what they said is truly so. Some people, it's become second nature for them. They didn't plan to not tell the truth. They are just always calculating that, you know, you, you have to be ahead of people, you know. You just don't tell them everything, you know. So by withholding information, they are telling a lie. It says, this man in the land of Oz, he was blameless. He was a man with complete integrity. He feared God. And it stayed away from evil. Excuse me. What more can you ask of a person? He's blameless. He has absolute integrity. What he says is what he does. If he makes a promise, he keeps his promise. 
even when it's impossible and difficult for him, he still goes ahead to fulfill his promise. A man of complete integrity, a man that feared God. And a man that stayed away from evil. These were the attributes of Job. And it was not this way because he was broke. You know, <laughs> you know, a lot of times when people see God-fearing people, they think it's because they don't have money that they have God. But the Bible says this man, you read verse 5, it says this man was the richest man on the, in, in, in the sphere where he lived. He was the richest, yet he loved the Lord and served the Lord. The question is, why then will God cause Satan to afflict such a man? When you read Job 1, 9 through 11, the Bible tells us that Satan went before God to accuse Job. Revelations 12, 10, the Bible says Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And one thing I saw there that I don't want you to miss, Revelations 12, 10, that I don't want you to miss is he does it day and night. Praise the Lord. He said, then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last. Uh, it has come at last. Salvation and power and the kingdom of our God. Continue. The one... The devil is what he's referring to there. It says, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. The devil is always going before God with a story about you. Amen? If you say God understands, I can guarantee you Satan will not understand. <laughs> He will go to God and say, did you not say anybody that does this, this is what will happen to them? Amen? He goes and day and night, continually, he's accusing you and I before God. But somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. First John chapter 2, the first verse, the Bible says, if anyone sins among you, he says, we have an advocate before the Father. Amen? We have an advocate before the Father who is making intercession for us, who is pleading our case before God. What am I saying to you? God is God, regardless of what I do or don't do. My obedience doesn't make him a better God. And my disobedience doesn't make him less of a God. Amen? He's God Almighty, all by himself. So when you read <laughs> that Job chapter 1, in one day, in one day, this man lost practically everything he had worked for in his life. In one day, all his oxen and donkeys were gone. All his sheep and servants were gone. The Bible says, fire of God from heaven. When you get to read it, Job chapter 1. They were destroyed 
by the fire of God, not from hell, but from heaven. Amen? Camels destroy, servants destroy. In one day, in one day. Some people might say, oh, that is similar to the uh, market crash, the stock market. You know, I lost a lot of money. I empathize with you. But it's nothing like this. Because all his children also died that same day. I wish that on nobody. Foe or friend. Amen? Not only did he lose everything, earthly possession, all his children died in one day. When you read it, one of the things that intrigues me about that story is somehow the fire spares one to come and bring the bad news to him. So if there were 100 of them, 99 servants would be killed. One will remain to go report to Job. Job, everybody is dead. And the house is burnt. I'm the only one remaining. And then by chapter 2, I'm going somewhere with this. I said, when nothing makes sense, if you want to complete it, when nothing makes sense, give praise. Thank God. We will get to it. Everything gone. And then in chapter 2, the, uh, the devil went back to God. He said, oh, it's true. You know, we've taken everything he has. He said, but let me touch him and see how quickly he will curse you. God said, go ahead and touch him. But you can't take his life. You can't kill him. Amen? Amen? Amen. Listen to me. You know, too many people are afraid that somebody is doing them, you know, the old lady in the village and all of those stories. It's because you don't know Jesus. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The old lady is in the village. She's doing what she knows to do. Hallelujah. Why don't you do what you know how to do? And just follow your Jesus. Praise the Lord. The devil will do what he knows to do. And Jesus is before God. Representing him. When you go to the law court. You, are, you have to be present. If you are not present, they will not handle your case. You are present, but you have an advocate that is speaking on your behalf. Unless he calls you up as a witness, you will sit there and nobody will know they are talking about you. They will be mentioning your name and say, no, the defendant or the accused or whatever. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But the advocate is the one that is speaking on your behalf. We have an advocate. His name is Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. And he's daily, constantly, day and night, is pleading our case before the Father. Amen. Amen. So, the devil came and said, let me touch his body. And you will see how quickly he will give you up. Boils all over Job's body. Imagine the pain. You know, this past week, Thanksgiving, every, we had two weddings. Traveling to Houston, back, this and that. 
my whole body was not feeling good. You know, those uh, party chairs, you know those chairs are not comfortable, right? <laughs> you know, my butt was, I'm like, sweetheart, we got to go. But she was still waiting to speak, so we couldn't leave. But my butt was hurting, and they had cushion. Imagine Job with boils in his bum. He can't sit down. He can't lay down. All over, everywhere was raw and sore. All over. The wife looked at him and said, put yourself out of this mystery. Curse God and die. Get it over with, is what she was saying. The response of Job always just makes me wonder. He said, you speak like one of the foolish women. He said, should we expect good from God and not expect anything bad at all? Job chapter 2 verse 10. Job 2 verse 10 or 9, 9 and 10. He said, shall we expect good from God? He said, his wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Remember, in chapter 1, the Bible says he was a man of complete integrity. Whatever he says, he stands by it. He doesn't waver. He said, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and put yourself out of this mystery. This misery. Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all of this, Job did nothing wrong. Excuse me. He didn't have benefit of hindsight that we have today. Who was afflicting Job? God? It's not a trick question. You know, some people are looking at me. I know this, is, this thing has a twist to it. There's no twist to it. <laughs> God was bragging about Job. He said, have you noticed my son Job? This, this, and that. A man of complete integrity. A man that this. A man that that. The devil said, let me show him Pepe. And you will see what will happen. And God gave him permission. So, indirectly you can hold God responsible and accountable. Because there's nothing, the point I want to make here is, there's nothing that will ever happen to you if God has not allowed it. If he allows it, like Pastor Joyce told us, he has your back. He's got your back. He's got my back. That is the confidence in which we move and we walk. Hallelujah. Listen. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, there, there has no temptation. There is no temptation is what he's taking. As I'm saying, taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Somebody say, God is faithful. God is faithful. There is nothing that you are going through. If God knows you can't handle it, he will never let it come your way. Amen. Amen. Some of us will look and say, ah, 
Job was a strong man. No, God knew what he could handle. In fact, what you are handling right now, somebody else might look at I was a big deal. But what's wrong with you is it's just this small thing. Should God take it from me and just bless you with it? <laughs> and God should just bless you with this problem. You know, since it's nothing. Amen? Whatever it is you are going through, you are not worse than anybody else. You are not better than anybody else. You are just you. I told the workers, I think it was uh, two Sundays ago, or last Sunday. The Bible says only fools compare themselves with themselves. I'm better than him. You know, I can do this better than him. I can do that better than him. That's the fool talking there. Amen? The recipe for growth Compare yourself with yourself yesterday. How better am I than Koye of yesterday? That's a good standard measure for you. And daily you measure yourself against your previous day's performance. And you keep growing in that. But let's, let's continue here. Job held his ground. Job did not curse God. The wife said all manner of things. But no, a man can only take so much. After a while, it was getting to him. You know? So the reason Job was in the situation was not because Job sinned. He didn't do any unrighteous thing. But once he was not going through it, Job began to act out. It's the only way I can put it. In Job chapter 3, for example, you read verse 1. It says, the day he was born should be cursed. Verse 3, it says, let the day of my birth be erased. And the night I was conceived, let it be erased. The old King James says, I believe, why was I not still born? Dead on arrival. Oh, verse 11, that's verse 11. He said, why wasn't I born dead? Why didn't I die as I came from the womb? Job began to ask questions. I'm going to skip a lot of things here. But here's what I want you to learn. All the while, Job was yapping. God didn't answer him. Go and read it. For almost 30 chapters, it was just Job and his friends with their banter. You know, God did this. How can God? How could he? This, this, and that. Blah, 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 blah. God didn't say anything. God just left him. A lot of times when heaven is silent, it's because we are just, we are not praying, we are complaining. You know, some prayers, is, you are not praying, you are just complaining to God. Uh, God, uh, can you imagine? Uh, the, the promotion, they skipped me over, and this and that. You have not asked anything. You are just complaining. My back is always aching. Nobody is looking at me. Uh, look at me. I'm 40. I'm 35. I, I'm not married. That's not a prayer. That's not a prayer. You know, everybody is making progress. Everybody is buying house. Everybody is buying cars. Look at me. I don't have anything. You have not prayed. You have not prayed. You are just murmuring. You're just complaining. And God is just looking at you. I say, 
when are you going to ask? So you can receive. When are you going to ask? So Job went on and on and on in Job chapter 10, verse 1. He says, I am disgusted with my life. Let me complain freely. I'm not making, it's Bible. It's not my interpretation. He says, I am disgusted with my life. Let me, what? My bitter soul must complain. He's complaining and he's justifying himself. You know, when people are looking serious, it can mean a number of things. You can identify, you see yourself. Say, don't let me make my face in a way that they will recognize that he's talking about me, so you. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Say, I will say to God, verse 2, Job 10, verse 2, I will say to God, don't simply condemn me. Tell me the charge you are bringing against me. What was God's charge against Job? Anybody? What did he do wrong? That is why when God responded to Job in Job 38, the first thing God said to him is, who is this that is darkening knowledge? Who is this that is questioning my wisdom? Can you please pull that up? Job 38 verse 1. He said, who is this? That is questioning God answered Job out of the world in the next verse. He said, who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? Amen? Brace yourself like a man because I'm going to ask you some questions. Sit up. Sit up. You think you know. Oh, after all I have done, I paid my tithe, I give offering, I volunteer, uh, uh, food distribution, uh, mission work, I, I volunteer, I do everything. After everything I have done, what has God done for me? God said, said, brace yourself up because I'm going to address you in a little bit, is what God was saying to him. So when we look at ourselves and we think, oh, I, I have done so much for God. What has God, why is God allowing this to happen to me? Why is God oppressing me? God is not oppressing me. All of that, what it shows is our lack of knowledge of God. Do you know thanklessness is a sign of unbelief? Romans 1, 21. It says, because they refuse to acknowledge God, they block their hearts. They refuse to give thanks. So inability to give thanks is an expression of unbelief. I will show you why. I don't have a lot of time. I will skip many things. The notes are there. I believe it's on the app. Uh, you can uh, follow along later on. You know, God is doing a work in your life that you are yet to figure out. My prayer for everyone under the sound of my voice this morning and those watching online is that God will open your eyes of understanding. Yeah. 
God will open your ears that you may hear him clearly, expressly, in the name of Jesus. Can I make a bold statement to you this morning? I say this with confidence. Your victory and your triumph is in your praise and in your thanksgiving. Your victory, your triumph is in your praise, is in your thanksgiving. Watch this. I'm going to read. This I will read because I want us to follow the story. We're going to wrap it up here and pray from here. When God came through for Job, let me tie that together and then we'll conclude. When God came through for Job, the scripture tells us double everything he lost, God gave back to him. It was, the whole experience was a revelation of Job to Job. Amen. Amen. If you have asked Job in Job chapter 1, will you ever curse God? Me? Try. Impossible. Would you ever murmur against God? Impossible. Would you ever, all of those things he did and said, he would say, impossible. The problem of Job was Job did not understand what God was doing. And I dare say, the problem for many of us, is we don't understand the dealings of God in our lives. And when we don't understand the dealings of God in our lives, sometimes it can lead to frustration. You begin to ask unreasonable questions. Is God real? How can we know that God is real? Are atoms real? How do you know that atoms are real? Have you seen an atom before? They say it's microscopic. Have you gone to the microscope and you saw an atom? They have told us that in here, in this vault, you have brain. Have you seen your brain? They say, I have a brain. How do you know you have a brain? Have you seen your brain? Amen? At least maybe the heart. You can say, I can hear it beating. The heart is there. But your brain, what's the evidence for your brain? Say, I'm functioning. I can reason. I can die. Watch this. May God give you a revelation of what he's doing in your life. In the name of Jesus. Open to 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. The back end story here is three nations came against Judah. Three nations came against one nation. Right? And they wanted to invade. They wanted to attack. And the king went to God in prayer. After the king and the whole nation asked everybody to fast. Like we are fasting now. If you don't know we are fasting, we have a seven day fast. We started yesterday. You know, if you missed yesterday, that's fine. Join us today. Uh, well, uh, 
Maybe you already ate today too. Start tomorrow. At least you have five. Five days. That's the number of grace. Amen. So, he had gone to God. They had prayed. They had fasted. And that's the stage that is set here. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 13. Say, all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children. The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jahaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Someone say, this is what the Lord says. The Lord is speaking to somebody here this morning. It's a word for somebody here. This is what the Lord says. Amen. Do not be afraid. Oh, yeah, the year is coming to an end. Oh, they're going to kick me out. And they're going to this. They're going to that. Well, if they succeed in kicking you out, it's because God has a better plan for you. Amen. Amen. Watch this. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. That is the part that Job missed. That all of this that I'm going through is just God proving me. Amen? And showing me off to the devil. Friends, I have been through a lot in the U.S. of A. <laughs> ay, 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 ay. Thank God for a good wife. It was a case for divorce with all the suffering. Ah. The husband is supposed to lift the wife up. It's like we are stuck in the rut. But glory be to God. I say glory be to Jesus. I can tell you confidently, to the glory of God, we are out of the rut. Amen. Amen. The fact that you are in the rut does not mean God has forgotten about you. Amen. Amen. God will do exceedingly and abundantly. Beyond everything we can think or imagine. Verse 16, watch this. So, they had prayed and the prophet is prophesying. He's saying, this is what the Lord said. Yes, the armies are still there. The armies are not gone. The armies are there. They can see them all over like grasshoppers. They can see them. He says, but this is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. He said, tomorrow, somebody say, tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow you will march out against them. <laughs> they are calculating. It's three against one. So for every Jewish soldier, there was probably 10 of the other folks. So how are we going to do this? He said, but tomorrow. Somebody said tomorrow. tomorrow. Tomorrow you will march out against them. You will find them coming through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. You will not need to fight. He says, take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. Yeah. 
stand still and what? Watch the Lord's victory. Watch. He is with you. All people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them. Yeah, continue. I've not made the point. We are getting to it. You see that? Now watch. But you will not even need to fight. No, 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 continue. Let's continue. Thank you. Yeah. Tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Next. It says, Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice, a loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went, jump to the next verse. Let's make this point quickly so that we can wrap it up here. He said, you will stand firm. Yeah. I shall return to my note. So in verse 21, the king consulted with the people. Consulted there doesn't mean he's asking their permission. And then he set up the singers to go ahead of the army. What you have heard time and time again is that the Lord said they should put the singers first. No, it was a personal decision. You know why? Because they knew God has answered them. They knew that their prayer indeed has been answered. So when God said, tomorrow, march out, you will not need to fight. Take your positions, but you will not need to fight. So what did he do? He took praise singers. <laughs> he said, let's just go to battle worship. So they began to sing. They began to dance. They began to sing. They began to dance. Having prayed in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16, the Bible says Paul and Silas, what, at midnight, what did they do? They began to give praise. At midnight, they had prayed. When you have prayed and you have a release in your heart that God has had, it is time to celebrate. It does not matter what the situation looks like. The enemies did not reduce in number. When you continue reading, the Bible says as they began to sing, the enemy began to kill themselves. They began to fight themselves. They began to fight themselves. Somebody said that when you are praising God and clapping your hands, that you are just slapping, you are, you are pouncing on the head of the, of the devil. You are pouncing on the head of the devil. I want somebody that is excited to jump up this morning, regardless of what you are going through, and I want you to begin to praise God. I want you to begin to give him thanks. I want you to begin to give him glory. Just magnify the Lord with me. Exalt his name on high. Hallelujah. There's a song that says, praise is what I do. <laughs> pray, when, I, when I have no clue, when I don't, don't even know what's going on, I just praise God. I just burst into praise. I just magnify praise the name. Praise is what I do. Praise is what I do. When I want to be 
been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.